0: it's another dynasty episode here on the basement talk podcast fantasy show what is going on you know we love dynasty here we love our dynasty players so for the dynasty players out there this one is most certainly for you i am bird this is soon to be jake jake what's up how are we q Portland, beautiful Portland, Oregon, helping out the New York Knicks and potentially Damian Lillard to the Mecca, to Madison Square Garden?
1: No, I don't think Dame's coming to the Mecca. Maybe to Brooklyn. But I don't I don't even know if he's going anywhere in general. I think Portland could be unwise enough to somehow trade that third overall pick for some B-list star like Zach Levine comes to mind. But... Actually, the Nets are interested in Zach Levine too, ironically enough. But I don't want him. Game I would take.
0: For what it's worth, I don't think he is coming to the New York Knicks. But yeah. one can one can at least hope that that is going to uh, to to be the case. Are you Are you good otherwise?
1: Good otherwise, sir. Good seeing you.
0: I played I played a little bit of golf this afternoon, and brother, oh my god, the greens. The greens were running at a 14. So for those that don't know, the higher the number, the faster they normally are. Normal normal greens are probably running at like a 10 or an
1: 11. Yeah, I was going to say 14 is, is very high. I think the most I played at was maybe a 12. Yeah, the, the greens were running at a 14. Yeah, 14
0: is high. 14, you had to play a club down on every second shot that you had. And even then, even if you just landed it right on the front of the green or – even if you hit, you try to bounce it on. It just if you have a little bit of pace on it, wee Bye bye. Yeah, well,
1: I shot. I live, shot a when,
0: ninety-five, and I was thrilled.
1: Yeah, I would be thrilled with a ninety-five. What are you nuts? I was well, thrilled. When you, when you live in the sand, you don't really have much issues like that. So,
0: it, listen, <laughs> and, and that's the thing with this course. With this course, it it, it was it was one of the clubs around here, and. The thing with these greens is that the greens are so protected in the way that this course is designed. It's not a long course, so you're not playing the course for distance. You're playing the course, and the challenge of the course is based on how the course is set up. So yeah. every missed shot, you're in a bunker or you're in thick rough. So when you fly the green and, you're, and you land the ball right at the front of the green and it trickles all the way back, guess what? Odds are you're going to be in a bunker because every green is just surrounded by two or three bunkers apiece. Yeah. I got to play soon. I'm playing. So I play today. I'm playing tomorrow, Friday. I'm not playing Saturday because Saturday is supposed to be a little bit, a little bit terrible here. I might be playing Sunday and then I'm playing in an outing on Monday. Nice. Yeah. Nice little, nice little break. Listen, I mean, this is.
1: This is vacation time for me, technically. And we're still Saturday. Saturday's supposed to be okay. I don't see the rain anymore. Really? Yeah.
0: Huh. Well, Saturday Saturday's gonna be the rest day. It's gonna be the rest day anyway. I was kinda hoping that it would be a little bit rainy, so I'm not I'm not tempted to play. Um but Saturday Saturday's gonna be the the rest day because I think after after today I, I, I roasted out there. I absolutely roasted. But the good news was it took Three hours and 42 minutes to finish 18. We teed off at 12. We were off the course by a quarter to four. God bless, bro. Yeah, it was a a very, very, very good round. So we got to go through a little news and notes. We haven't done this in a while, but figure, you know what? Let's let's just go through and fill everybody in on what is going on, especially because this is a Dynasty show. We want to make sure we cover uh, all of our bases here. Uh, We're going to just really keep it. Pretty exclusive to all of the most recent things. Um, so let's start with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Calvin Ridley, the Jaguars coaching staff are positive about how he is being reacclimated, but they also are going to be cautious with Calvin Ridley, and they're not going to rush him given the fact that he at when he is ready to go and play full time. He will almost not have played football in almost eighteen months. Jake, I, I mean it's the three of us on this podcast between myself, you, Adam. We are all very much anti Calvin Ridley here. Um is there like I don't even know how to word this because I'm just so off the Calvin Ridley train to begin with.
1: It yeah, means- just just incredibly risky. Uh, it's
0: it, yeah it's so risky
1: it's just not the the ceiling to me is not meriting the risk so that's why I'll have to pass I I think he is kind of a round or two higher than where I would be comfortable taking him so and I could see that price going even higher mm-hmm. once we get closer to drafts and if he has a, a, an impressive training camp preseason period so I'm just uh I'm not buying this year could burn me but I would feel dumber if I bought and I fall flat on my face than not buying and falling flat on my face. So if
0: I look up the... Because I am genuinely curious what has happened. I haven't looked at ADP much. Um, if I look at the current ADP, let's set it from March 15th till to, to, to today. Calvin Ridley's ADP right now, granted this is in half PPR... He is forty eighth overall.
1: Okay, that's that. That's that's horrifying. Yeah, it's just a a top fifty player. No, man, I I just see where I have him in my half ranks. Just because I'm curious, it's not even like the last time we saw Calvin Ridley, he was performing. I mean, we forget that he was a guy drafted in the second round the last time we saw him, and he single-handedly cost fantasy managers postseason appearances. So, I, I just I don't see what it is. Remember, remember, he had all that hype when Julio Jones left Atlanta. Of course, I did. And it just before the betting suspension that season and the stepping away of mental health issues. I think it was. Mm-hmm. He was not performing. It wasn't like he was. This elite wide receiver one, he wasn't even like he he wasn't even startable towards the end of that. So I would advise fantasy managers to uh, say no, especially in that range.
0: I told I I texted you about this um, earlier in the week but I made a bet with one of my friends that Christian Kirk will have more receiving yards than Calvin Ridley, and he said that Calvin Ridley
1: will have more receiving yards than Christian Kirk. So it's Kirk is the smarter play there, man. Kirk is definitely the smarter play. Brees Hall,
0: the New York Jets. There is wide expectation that he is going to be ready to go for week one of the regular season. He is not expected to be ready for day one of training camp. Jake, does this move Brees Hall up your board at all?
1: Sure, I I think it I think it has to to be honest, dude. You. You're telling me that he's healthy enough to play week one. Not like he has a ton of competition for workload. You may need to be a little patient with him off the bat. Maybe I don't think we're going to get the Brees Hall that we saw before the ACL injury in September. To be quite frank, I mean, if we if we do, that's great, but. I would advise he might be a guy where you go out and you trade for him after a little bit of a slower start to the season. But, yeah, he he has to move up for me. It's going to be an offense that we hope will score points led by Aaron Rodgers, and we know that the receiving work will be there for him, and he's way better than whatever else they have at the running back position. So I, I'm, I'm definitely interested in Brees Hall. So here's, here's my thing, and this is, I guess, sort of the debate that's being
0: had within the, the – it's definitely being had in the expert community right now, is we look at Brees Hall. Brees Hall is at 18th overall right now in my ranks. I have Javante Williams all the way down at 61st overall, and this is in full PPR. Obviously, I think the pass-catching upside is probably greater with Brees Hall, but I, I think I'm more referring to here that they both are coming off identical injuries, obviously one worse than the other. Brees Hall seems to have come around a little bit more than Javante Williams has. But I feel like there's more concern amongst experts, amongst the public right now, with Javante Williams than there is with Brees Hall when I just say to those people, I kind of feel like there should be a bit of concern with both. I think there's more performance-related concerns with Javante, whereas if we know Brees Hall is ready and healthy, Brees Hall is going to be in a much better situation. There's, There's no denying that. But I just have this wondering of, like, look at J.K. Dobbins last year, and it took J.K. Dobbins about three quarters of the season for him to get right, right. Could that be a similar situation with Brees Hall?
1: Well, well, Dobbins didn't even start last season, week one. For, right, he started right. off the season on the pup. And Dobbins was weird because he injured his ACL in August. It, it, and look, everybody's body is differently, right? I mean, we see freaks all the time come back from, like we saw Adrian Peterson tears his ACL. He was ready for week one. He was running for 200 yards. So it, everybody is different. Um, I mean, that video of Brees Hall looked pretty good, but yeah, we'll, we'll he, just have to Visually, sp- he looks very good. Visually, he looks good, and also I just don't really know how good Javante Williams is either. I, like you said, performance based concerns are. In last year, he he really didn't impress much much before the injury. New coaching staff that didn't draft him, and also it was a worse ACL tear. Didn't he also injure another ligament in his knee? Also, so yeah, he did. And he did it a little bit later than Brees Hall, if memory serves me correct. So. I would be, I think top 20 is, I think 18 is pretty high for Brees Hall without just with blindly looking at the list. But I, I, I'm I comfortable taking Brees Hall. If you're telling me he's healthy and he's ready to play week one, and granted it could be more on like a pitch count limit or whatnot, I mean, that, that's to be expected there. So I, I I like Brees Hall, man, especially those those young running backs on their rookie deal especially the guys in the second round that they don't have the fifth year option, especially they're, they're exciting early on in their career. Those are typically the guys that hit and, and usually year two, year three are the best years they have.
0: So in full point PPR, Brees Hall or Tony Pollard? I'll go Pollard. Yeah. I have Pollard two spots higher. Brees Hall or a guy we're going to be talking about actually in a minute. Travis Etienne.
1: That's tougher. That's closer than I think. I, I'm going to go ETN, though. I'm going to go Brees. I'm going to go yeah, Brees. It's close. On that one. It's close. Brees Hall or Nick Chubb? I like Chubb a lot. I'm going to go Chubb.
0: Yeah, I like Chubb a lot, too. And I have him down at 23. I'm tempted to move him up in my ranks a, a good amount. Um, and I'll give you some receivers now. Brees Hall or his teammate, Garrett Wilson.
1: I would take Wilson. Aaron Rodgers is number
0: one receiver. I would take Wilson as well, but that's really, really close. Uh I'll take Brees Wilson. Hall or Amon Ra St. Brown.
1: Go I'm si- i Ra. I'm s I am feel bad for my you're giving me some really good options here.
0: Yeah, yeah these are all great options, but this is like yeah. the guys, these are the guys that Brees
1: Hall are is. Yeah, that's is that's around. that's why I'm interested, but I'm not interested at the same time. Because, right. You know what I'm saying? Here's one. Here's a, here's a trickier one.
0: Brees Hall. Or Mark Andrews.
1: I would take Brees. I would take Brees. I Mark Andrews didn't leave a, a lasting impression on me last year. I would
0: take Andrews. I would take, I would take Andrews. Would That's take very close. That's and very I don't very like very how close.
1: the Ravens also added all these receivers to I don't I I, I would go with the running back there and, and find my tight end a little bit later if I was drafting. Strategically thinking, I, I'm I would go Brees there.
0: Uh let's go with two San Francisco. Brock Purdy has resumed throwing but with that uh Sam Darnold could compete with Trey Lance for the starting quarterback job. We talked about this very early on in the season. Uh Jake right now just a quick one word answer. Who do you think is the starter week 1 for the San Francisco 49ers?
1: I think it's going to be Darnold. I kind of agree with you.
0: I kind of agree with you. Uh, Amari Cooper should be good to go for training camp. He had offseason abdominal Surgery, Jake. Any concerns about um, Amari Cooper?
1: Um, not really. He, he, he. You know what it is. He's got a very safe floor in fantasy, and, and injuries have riddled him before in the past. he's, he's not that. Ex- he's not as exciting this year as in years past. He's fine, but I, I I'm interested, but I'm I'm not really interested. He's not my favorite. Uh. Re- Receiver.
0: So where would you take a Mari Cooper?
1: Where would you take a Mari Cooper in and around? Uh, just blindly looking at everything. I would say fifth round is fine for Mari Cooper. Fifth, sixth round range.
0: Okay. I have him. I have him going middle of the fifth.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's fine. But again, he's Is the ceiling is a little limited. I feel like with him. No, or no, I agree. I agree. I don't it think he's limited. the kind of
0: guy that's putting up 25, 26-point weeks.
1: He, he's a fine wide receiver, too.
0: Yes. Will he get you, Will he get you 12, 13 most weeks? Yeah, he will. But I don't think he, I, he'll he have one or two weeks, maybe, where he just goes absolutely bananas. Yeah, he'll, for the particularly most part, on Thursday
1: night football, too. I mean, he, he's a menace on Thursday night football.
0: For the most part, he'll be he'll be in that 15 to 20-point range on most good weeks. And I think most people would would definitely take that and just run to the hills. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, there's reports out of Giants camp that he is not going to have as substantial of a role as maybe ones are predicting. Jake, are you drafting Jalen Hyatt in redraft leagues?
1: If he's close to free, yeah, I think I am. Just And he's a guy you probably have to be patient with, right? He's kind of that dart throw Maybe wait, you have to wait maybe a month. He'll be up. There'll be a week where everybody's saying go add Jalen Hyatt on the waiver wire. A thousand percent. A thousand percent like so that. That will be the type of guy that he is. He'll be kind of like Traylon Burks was last year, I think.
0: Uh yeah. Yeah, I think I think very similar. Yeah. Very similar. Maybe a bit more sporadic production, but very similar. Uh Bill's offensive coordinator, I believe that is Ken Dorsey. Yes, it is. Uh, has said that the role for Dalton Kincaid is going to be determined. Jake, are you still interested in Dalton Kincaid at all?
1: Uh, de- depending on the price, uh, i I don't really love rookie tight ends just historically Likewise. speaking. i they just they don't really pop until like really that second maybe it's most of the time even that third year, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. with most guys. So, um, I would be interested if he falls a little bit and I don't really have a tight end or somebody I liked got drafted early, something like that. But I I don't really foresee me having Kincaid on any rosters. Travis
0: Etienne, This is from Jaguars offensive coordinator. Press Taylor has said that he is going to, that Etienne will have a reduced workload in 2023. He accounted last season for 74% of the running back carries. And had over fourteen hundred yards from scrimmage in twenty twenty two. Yeah, I don't love that. Yeah, I, love I don't that. love. I don't love it either. And, and and I was not like I have etn ranked highly, but there are other guys that are in and around that area where I'm just kind of like I think I would rather have them.
1: Yeah, the Jacksonville but, offense as a whole will be very hyped up. Yes. during the preseason, very, yes,
0: very much so. We're already we're already seeing it with with. Calvin Ridley all it takes is for Calvin Ridley to have one huge preseason game and all of a sudden his price is just going to go go through the roof um but I I had mentioned this earlier in the week that I had moved down Ramondre Stevenson to now in the middle of round three I'm kind of tempted to put ETN there as well
1: yeah, well, I but just said tricky. now. If I knew that before, I I might prefer Brees Hall now to ETN. To be honest,ly after hearing that, but yeah, it, it, it we're early. Let let's see how things shake out. Um, a lot of coach speak going around, and yes. things plans can change. Uh, in a couple of months, this is
0: this is silly season. So just be mindful of that. Uh, Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask have an equal first team reps in volunteer OTAs. Uh, Jake. Who do we think is going to be the starter for Tampa Bay? I think, it's, I
1: think it's going to be Baker.
0: Barring anything totally unforeseen and crazy, I think it is going to be Baker Mayfield as well. Hey, Jake. Our good buddy, Randall Cobb. He thinks he still has a lot left in the tank.
1: I, I was watching that that uh, that Rogers uh, presser, just like some background noise the other day. And, and Rogers had the, I mean, it's so funny. He says it all with a straight face. He's like, yeah, you know Joe and uh in the front office, they really they they must see something in Randall Cobb. I'm like, bro, he's there because of you, because of you. Like, he, he, nobody in the league would be picking up Randall Cobb in 2023. He's he's got nothing left in the tank. I mean, maybe there will be a week though where he scores a touchdown or two. I I can assure the the audience that, and there will be a week where the Jets have an injury or two, and maybe even three. Hopefully not, and. And everybody will say maybe Randall Cobb is a good streamer for this week. But he's not really worth the time. I wouldn't waste my time with Randall Cobb this year.
0: I can't wait for some Jets receiver injury to happen. And we're asking the Saturday mailbag, Randall Cobb
1: or so-and-so? Yeah. No, we'll see it. I don't think I started – I haven't started Randall Cobb on a fantasy team in like 10 years. (laughs) Yeah. I – listen – Never may, never
0: may. Uh Jordan Love, he needs a ton of reps, according to head coach Matt LaFleur. I don't think that's really a massive surprise.
1: No, that that's not a slight. I mean, the the kid probably had like a hundred first team reps in three years, because he got a start or two when Rogers went down, right? So Yeah. I, I don't I don't think that's a that's a concern. I think I think love's a little interesting to be honest with you. If if he's like pretty close to free. I I can name you some worse options as like that upside QB two, two QB he's definitely interesting in super flex and Q two and two QB leagues. I'll tell you. Oh, that
0: absolutely, much. absolutely he is. He's very very interesting there for sure. Uh Miles Sanders was named the number one guy by head coach Frank Reich. Again, this is not really much of a surprise at all. Frank Reich also noted that Chuba Hubbard has looked very very good, but. I mean, I have Miles Sanders ranked very highly already. I have him the yeah, 40th forget Chuba, overall. Forget you, Hubbard. Yeah, it, this is the Miles Sanders show again. 40th overall for me in the PPR ranks. Jake, are you loving Miles Sanders as much as I am?
1: Yeah, I'm. I I would like to see what Bryce Young looks like first. Sure. And if, if Bryce Young is decent. Uh, that, that team, and look, that division is is pretty winnable, uh, Carolina. They they could compete for that division this year. It's, it's up for grabs for anybody. Um, they should be playing some competitive games. It's not like they'll be having blowouts left and right where they need to just air it out and they abandon the run. So uh, definitely interested in Sanders. He's on the radar.
0: Some good news coming out of Dallas. Tony Pollard says that he is back and that he is not really limited in any sort of capacity. He's back to running and cutting at full speed. He is ahead of schedule with his recovery, but they are eliminating him in OTAs. Jake, no issues with, with
1: Tony Pollard at all? Confident? No, bearing any veteran addition to the running back room in Dallas, he should be fine. Should be fine. Uh, one, Ezekiel
0: Elliott. That's the name that just comes to the tip of my tongue. Um, and then two more notes here. Actually, three more notes. Um Arthur Smith has said that Desmond Ritter could excel in what is being described as a positionless scheme. I'll wait and see about that one. And then two more from two of our very good buddies of ours, Jake. First, let's start in New England, where the Patriots have been running a lot of two tight end sets with Hunter Henry and our good friend Mike Gesicki. Jake, is there any interest? None. Fabulous. And then our good buddy, a really, really, really good friend of ours. Elijah, gimme, give gimme give something, gimme, give gimme give more, is standing out in OTAs in Cleveland. He has been one of the top targets for Deshaun Watson during practices. Uh, offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt has praised Elijah Moore on every level imaginable. Jake, is Elijah Moore a sneaky little buy low in not only dynasty, but a good potential purchase in redraft leagues towards
1: the end of drafts, especially in 12-team leagues. Yeah, I mean, look, he looked like the Jets' best player for the last two years in t-shirt practice. And once we got to the field, they couldn't get open. Um, yeah, I guess. But it's just like, I don't know how good he is. It, like, the opportunity will be there, but... I don't know. I I find it weird the Jets would just trade him like that, man. Like, I don't know. I, I I'm not going to be interested. Maybe on the depending on the price, but he just really burned some people last year too. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm all right there.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of with you.
1: I'm kind of with
0: you there. Um, well, I'd be interested in deeper leagues definitely, but in ten team leagues, I don't really see uh much of a purchase spot. For Elijah Moore where I'm relying on him in 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 any sort of way I have Elijah Moore in my ranks at I have him at 119th overall so he's basically a 12th round pick right now yeah I agree all right Jake so let's go into the dynasty discussion just a little refresher Uh, we will be talking about one quarterback two running backs two receivers and one tight end That everyone should be trading or looking to deal right now. And when we talk about that, Jake mentions this all the time and how he always looks to be a year early in terms of the drop off, in terms of getting ahead and trying to maximize the value that he's getting off of his players. This is what we're talking about right now guys that we project or anticipate could take a step back in 2023 in Dynasty and may not have much value. At this time, let's say, in the middle of the season or even at this time next year. So let's start with the quarterback position. Uh, Jake, you want to go first with this one?
1: Sure. Now, this this guy doesn't qualify as a older player, but sure. I think the value might be at the peak right now. And I think people need to just look at things from, a, you know, an out, not an outside view, but you know, under a microscope here, that's Justin Fields to me. Hmm. I Look, Justin Fields is not the most skilled thrower of the football. No, he's not. The, the, the rushing upside is there. Could he be a guy where he's like in the teens, but it, he just doesn't throw it well enough, bro. Like they went on a 10-game losing streak last year. Is there a world where if Chicago falters this year, they move off of Justin Fields? I, I think so. I don't think that can be ruled out. I think Chicago's going to win this year. You know, six or less wins, is it's not cutting it this year for for probably Matt Eberflus or Justin Fields. So I, I would look, if somebody is offering you a sweet deal here, I would be interested. I, I definitely would. So I'm going to go with Justin Fields.
0: So I have Justin Fields right now in my dynasty ranks. I have him as my QB8. And I kind of feel the same way as you do. Like there's just something about Justin Fields long-term that does really worry me that I just don't, I don't feel like that job for him in Chicago is as super secure as maybe a lot of people do think. I have to also remember that's not Matty Berflus's guy. He's not attached to Justin Fields in any way. And there'll be plenty of teams that maybe are in the market and looking for a quarterback come next year. And could Justin Fields be one of those guys that's potentially moved by the Chicago Bears? Yeah, it's de- it's definitely possible. Now, Justin Fields for this year, I think Justin Fields is going to be fine this year. Because I think we we kind of saw what Justin Fields was. And I think you could make a case. Right? I think it's a clear cut, no doubter, that the offense now in Chicago is a lot better now for Justin Fields in terms of downfield options. You know, you have DJ Moore that's now there. Uh, Darnell Mooney I think I think Darnell Mooney's gonna be much better off as a number two receiver he's definitely not a a number one guy like he was last year hopefully Cole Komet will come around in year three Robert Tunyon is there as well and you gotta look at the guys that, that are running back you know what does Khalil Herbert do in the passing game for him because Justin Fields did rely on David Montgomery pretty consistently I would say to to have soft hands and now if Khalil Herbert can't be that guy, does Roshon Johnson potentially get a little bit of a chance? Does Deonta Foreman get a bit of a chance? So, there, there are plenty of options now in Chicago for Justin Fields to have a a, a good season. But looking down the road, yeah, I absolutely one hundred percent agree with you, Jake. I, I definitely think that there are massive concerns for Justin Fields and his uh, long term availability. Let's say in in chicago and and maybe longer term as well and i don't think i honestly Could we be talking about that right now right here right now justin fields his price in dynasty
1: could be the highest that it's ever going to be i just said that so yeah Yeah. i I don't think that's too far-fetched yeah
0: uh so my guy is and i'm gonna really piss off one section of new york football fans It's not the New York Jets. It's the New York Giants, a constant target of mine, as I've been told. And for me, it's Daniel Jones. And I think we look at what Justin Fields, and we mentioned it just now, that the value could be the highest it's ever going to be with Justin Fields right now. Let's look at Daniel Jones for a second. Did not have to do a whole heck of a lot last year when it came to throwing the ball downfield. Really relied a lot on his legs. And honestly if you look at his game by games they really weren't that spectacular at all and i think you know what my next point is gonna be more tailored to the to the northeastern market here there could be a lot of giants fans that'll pay premium for daniel jones just to say oh yeah that we have i have daniel jones on on my dynasty team so that also you have to play that into into consideration with dynasty is that you got to pull on the Uh, on the heartstrings a little bit with, with certain guys. And could Daniel Jones improve this year? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He can, but I just have massive concerns this year going forward that Daniel Jones, when it comes to a more high volume, high tempo, high passing offense that Brian Dable wants to run akin to the kind of offense that he ran in Buffalo with Josh Allen. I have concerns that Daniel Jones is going to be able to run
1: that kind of style of offense. I mean, look, he threw, what, 16 touchdown passes last year? Yep. I, I don't think it's that crazy. And also, you have to keep in mind, the, the Giants' schedule this year is pretty brutal as well. So Daniel uh,
0: Daniel Jones has the second toughest schedule for
1: the, for quarterbacks this year. Okay. Yeah, so you have that going for you, too. I think that's a good shout right there. I don't really know how, much, how many people will be paying a premium for Daniel Jones is the only thing. But definitely, if there's an offer, that makes sense. I, I would definitely look to pull the trigger on Daniel Jones. I'm not just going to trade him for nothing. And The same, obviously, applies right. to some fields. Everybody has a price, but that's a guy I would actively actively be looking to trade. I, I agree there.
0: So Daniel Jones in my dynasty ranks, I have him at 111th overall in, in in startup. So would you trade? Let's say you have a hole at the wide receiver position. Would you trade? And we'll just do just straight up, not getting any picks necessarily involved, because obviously things could be sweetened with picks. But would you trade Daniel Jones for Kadarius Tony right now?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, I would love to buy Tony in Dynasty right now.
0: Okay. Would you buy Daniel – would you trade Daniel Jones for Tyler Lockett?
1: If I had another quarterback and I was a team that could be winning something, yes. Otherwise, if I'm like a rebuilding team and I'm not really close to – being the best team in the league, I probably wouldn't, just due to age constrictions.
0: Say you just drafted Bryce Young. And you have and you're no, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go you,
1: into the year. I wouldn't want to go to the year with, with Bryce Young as my starter. So I don't your think that's the other do quarterback
0: that. that your other quarterback is Derek Carr. So you have Derek Carr, Bryce hey. Young, Daniel
1: Jones. Okay. All right. Well that might change something then.
0: Okay. Uh would you trade Daniel Jones for Juju Smith Schuster?
1: Nah, I don't know. I don't like juju, especially in New England.
0: No, neither do I. Neither do I. I'm not not really about it, to be honest. Um, I'll give you one more here. I'll try and give you a running back. Would you trade Daniel Jones for Elijah Mitchell, and you don't have McCaffrey?
1: Um. That's tough. Very tough. I think I would, because then I can maybe flip Elijah Mitchell for that's more. The, that's the thinking. Yeah, and then maybe Elijah Mitchell and somebody else for more. Maybe yeah, I I think I would. I think there's definitely some circumstances to that, but um, yeah, I I think that's that's what I'd be looking for.
0: So let's go on to the running backs, and we're obviously going to go to here. I will go first with mine, and. The guy that I'm trying to get off of as much as I possibly can is Josh Jacobs, the running back for the Las Vegas Raiders, had a monster season in 2022, 12 touchdowns for him. The biggest thing with Josh Jacobs, if you look at his numbers throughout his career, he had his monster season in a contract year after the after the Raiders declined his fifth year option, absolutely stupidly, I may add had his monster year in a contract year, 340 carries that eclipsed his career, his previous career best by 67 carries. He had almost 600 more yards than his previous best and matched his career high in touchdowns, which he had in 2020. I'm really not feeling the hype for Josh Jacobs. He's going to be able to do everything that he did again. Say he comes down from he's gonna come down from sixteen hundred and twelve. There's no doubt about it. But what does the regression number really look like for him? Because if you look at his rushing numbers, 1,150, 1,065, 872. What's the middle ground for that? And what
1: it does not it's not repeatable if that makes it. It's it's
0: not. It's it's not. not he cannot do that again. So what is the number now for Josh Jacobs? What does he settle at? Is he a 1,200-yard guy, or is he more of a 1,000-yard guy? And is he – you could bank on Josh Jacobs, I would say, to get you at least eight, nine touchdowns on the ground. But he's never had a receiving touchdown in his career. The receiving numbers are up, which is good. It's two straight years of 50-plus catches for him. But what is really the, the realistic number that you could look at for Josh Jacobs for a statistical line in 2023 – if it's 1,208, that's a good season, no doubt about it. But it's not, the value is not as high as it is right now. And yeah, he's 25 years old. It's a fine age for him, but we all know what happens with running backs, their second contracts. It never ends well. So you yeah, can get I, out of it I, right I, now. I like and guess one. what? Even if Josh Jacobs is really, really good again this year and the value is still pretty high and you're like, all right, whatever. He's going to be 27 in two years. You get off of him now, you're still in the long run. I think you're looking pretty good. It just depends on what you're trading Josh Jacobs for. You can't be trading for Josh Jacobs for someone who is like and older than Josh Jacobs is. You have to get younger at the position. So looking at potentially guys like Travis Etienne, uh, Tony Pollard, Ramondre Stevenson could be interesting. Those kind of guys are something that I think I would definitely try and, and target to try and get, get younger at the position while you're still kind of replicating that same sort of production that you got out of a guy like Josh Jacobs.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. I, de- I like Jacobs. I actually considered him myself, so um makes it a little easier. But Good, so let's I'm, hear it. Yeah. I'm going to go with, and this one I might preface, you need to wait. Just wait on this one. Don't do it now. Do it in... Actually, today's June 1st, so... It is June 1st. Okay, so Joe Mixon is a member of the Cincinnati Bengals this year, right? And Dalvin Cook. Right
0: as of right now, it's saying the same thing with Dalvin Cook.
1: Yeah. I, I Cook, I don't think the value is there for him. So, I'm going to go Joe Mixon. I, I think somebody would pay close to a premium for a, the Cincinnati Bengals running back, even if it is for just one year. And... You know, it's going to maybe sting at first because, look, Mixon's as safe as they come when it comes to just sheer production and opportunity, right? I mean, yes. he, he he will get his – he'll get his at the end of the day. But, again, I would start looking at those younger running backs for, for Mixon. Like you, like you said, I mean, if somebody approached me with, like, a Tony Pollard or – I mean, you could even go to the, the rookie's – and second year guys, you know what I'm saying? So Mick mm-hmm. Mixon will likely be on another roster next year. You don't know where he'll go. And Mixon is not getting any younger either. I just think that this is kind of the last year to get a quote unquote haul back for Joe Mixon. I think next year you kind of missed the boat on him to where you're almost stuck with him. So I, I think getting out this year and I've been trying the the offers just have not been to par for my contending team. So I haven't, but he's certainly a guy that I'm entertaining offers for. So um, I'm going to go Mixon. Yeah. Mixon's a great one. Mixon's a great one. He was
0: another guy that I was considering saying right now. It, it's, it's very similar. It's very similar that you, you, you kind of see that the downfall is coming for Mixon, and it could be coming rather quickly. So, better off trying to get out of it now than you're kicking yourself midway through the season if Joe Mixon, for whatever reason, gets replaced or hurt or whatever, and the value for him is 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 all but dead. Uh, the next guy that I want to uh, bring up here, and this isn't necessarily a guy that really lit the world on fire in 2022, but it's an old face in a new place, and the new place is what I think is getting this guy a lot of, a lot of hype, if not unnecessarily. And that's DeAndre Swift with the Philadelphia Eagles. Now in Philadelphia, everyone's so excited DeAndre Swift is going to be the running back now and what is one of the most elite offenses in the National Football League. But you have to remember, this is still DeAndre Swift. This is a guy that cannot finish the season. This is a guy that is going to have three or four weeks in the middle of the year where he is hurt with something and then comes back and we're all wondering and guessing Is DeAndre Swift going to be all right? Is DeAndre Swift going to be at 100% go? Is DeAndre Swift still going to be feeling a nagging injury as we get later on towards the season? I have massive concerns about DeAndre Swift for the long term. I think his value, perhaps right now, is never going to be higher just because of the significant hype that is going around with him and the Philadelphia Eagles, like I said before. So I think, yeah, I think if you could really go from DeAndre Swift to maybe a guy like Damian Pierce or Miles Sanders or maybe even Cam Akers, I think you're hitting a home run with that. Yeah, I like that one.
1: I like that. Swift's a little interesting, though, particularly for redraft. But for Dynasty, I can see you not redraft, taking Redraft, ga-
0: he is very interesting.
1: Not taking but... the gamble there. And especially in a contract year, too. You don't know where he'll be in the future. Do exactly. I have to give another running back, or is it on to the receivers now?
0: Uh, you have one more running back, sir. And, and I just want to throw this one your way. DeAndre Swift right now in redraft, redraft. He is 60th overall. He is one spot below J.K. Dobbins. He is one spot above Miles Sanders. He is four spots above Damian Pierce. Do you like that spot for for DeAndre Swift? I do. Okay. I do. So uh, how about this? Rank those guys in, in full PPR. Swift, Dobbins, Sanders, Pierce.
1: I would go Swift, Sanders, Dobbins, Pierce. I would go Dobbins, Sanders, Swift, pierce yeah i'm just I'm, i don't really love
0: dobbins It's oh, just like
1: I, he's he's a crush of mine yeah i don't know I, I, time... I should
0: play in more leagues with you so that way that way maybe you'll uh you'll let me have uh jk dobbins and like yeah. in, like the late late part of like round four
1: i don't i don't love him but my guy believe it or not and just hear me out on this one sure i think it's saquon barkley hmm yeah sure i It's just, is he going to repeat last year? He's had injuries before in the past. I get it. He's playing for his cash. Probably will have a great year playing for his cash, but that's also part of the appeal there as well. You could be getting back some premium, premium draft capital, and this almost kind of applies to a guy like Christian McCaffrey too, where they finally stayed healthy last year. They're getting a little older. Now might be the time to cash in if you're looking to – rework rework your roster, especially if you're playing in a Northeast league, you know how many giant fans would love to have saquon Barkley on their dynasty team. so um I, I would go saquon here, man. i I, I would so let me just th- let me just throw this at you say
0: say you're trading saquon Barkley to a team that is rebuilding or had a we'll say, We'll say it was in the top quarter of rookie drafts in 2022. So pick pick one to four, let's say. Would you trade Saquon Barkley for, obviously you're getting a a player in return, another running back, let's say. Let's just say it's, I don't know. Let's just say Josh Jacobs. Let's just say Josh Jacobs. Someone offers you Josh Jacobs in the first round pick for Saquon Barkley, would you do it?
1: No, I just don't love Jacobs. I might as well just keep Barkley if that's the direction we're heading in right there. Um, if it was like Chubb in a first round pick, yeah, I'm in. Like uh, how, we're like Harris in a first. No, you think I think Najee's like really shot, to be honest okay. with you. Um yeah, I'm I'm in there. If it is it, Travis Etienne, also I'm in there. Brees Hall, no one I don't think anyone's gonna offer you Brees Hall or Travis Etienne, but like a chub, Ramondre Stevenson is a little interesting as well, a little less interesting yeah. than most. Um, so
0: what about Javante Williams in a first?
1: No, nah, I don't like Javante Williams. Okay, what about
0: Akers, a first and a second for Barkley?
1: It's tough because this guy, Cam Akers, had zero cat, like you know what I'm saying? It's like right, he was in right. the doghouse last year, too. And yeah, if you're and full,
0: telling full PPR, he 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 will kill you, and his role is not safe.
1: I know, but uh, I would just I would go more receiver centric, to be honest with you, because of the shelf life. If I'm trading a talent like that, sure. Um, and there's just more good receivers that I could get. So yes, uh, I agree. I would probably look to to deal him for a receiver if that were me. Like uh, just find the first or second year guys, man, and go figure it out.
0: So great segue, Jake. Let's go, let's go into the receivers. And a receiver that I'm gonna go and pick out here. There are a bunch. I just want to put this out there.
1: Yeah, there, there, there's there are a good a amount.
0: Bunch of receivers that I am looking to get off as quickly as I can. I know you have one, and I'm gonna let you have them. But I'm gonna go for Terry McLaurin with the Washington Commanders. And I think this has a lot to do with the fact that I am very high on Jahan Dotson coming into the year, and it would not shock me in the slightest if at the end of 2023, we're talking about Jahan Dotson being the number one receiver for the Washington Commanders. I also look at Terry McLaurin and I look at the quarterback situation with Washington. It is not secure at all. Sam Howell, we don't know what he's going to go ahead and look like. So maybe McLaurin's value, maybe really for him, it's more of getting off and just getting what you can for him. But I think McLaurin still has name value. I think McLaurin is a guy that's going to be super safe most weeks. He'll have he'll post his duds for sure. The ceiling I question with McLaurin, I think the ceiling is a lot higher with Dotson. I don't know what you're really gonna get that's like super eye watering and wow for McLaurin, but can you definitely get pieces to help fill out your roster for him because he is Terry McLaurin? Sure, you definitely can. So McLaurin will be a guy, will be a guy that I go for.
1: Yeah, I don't hate that. I just I I don't want any of the Washington. I think just the fact that it's a commander's receiver could kind of hinder your return. And I personally wouldn't want anybody on Absolutely. the commanders. And, and,
0: Absolutely. That's, but, and that's what I said. The return could be significantly yeah. watered down.
1: Yeah, but for me, it's DeAndre Hopkins, man. It might have to be, as much as we love DeAndre Hopkins, this could really be the last year of, you know, and if he goes to a team like the Chiefs or the Bills or, I don't know, just all the really good teams with good quarterbacks, he's really appealing. Somebody will want him, you know, if, if you can get, I mean, shit, I would take Terry McLaurin in a deal for him. I, I mean, while we're on the subject, even though, yeah, forget the, yeah, We won't talk about Terry McLaurin. Like, I mean, look, we don't like Calvin Ridley, but if you're offering Calvin Ridley in like a second round pick, I think I'd do that, to be honest with you. I think I would. What about Christian Kirk in a second round pick? Mm, for Dynasty? No, like, I don't know. Like, Calvin Ridley's still kind of young at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Like, what yes. is he, like 26? I mean, Kirk's kind of young, too. Uh,
0: Calvin Ridley is 28.
1: He's not that young, then. I mean, it's not that old for a receiver. But, I mean, you, you look across, like, if somebody's offering me, like, Zay Flowers in a first-round pick or a second-round. Like, I really like Zay Flowers, personally, in Dynasty. That's a guy. Like, Michael Pittman is a great example of a guy that I would I would want in a Dynasty league in a, in a trade for Hopkins. Um, Christian Watson is another exciting name. There, there's there's exciting names out there that haven't really hit their ceiling yet, and even their stride in some scenarios, that would excite me with some draft pick sweeteners uh, for DeAndre Hopkins. And I think you could get it. I think there there would be a, a very big interest in DeAndre Hopkins, depending on where he goes. If he goes to the Houston Texans, well, forget that. But I even think Detroit would be a little interesting for some people. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I I'm I'm fine with moving Hopkins this year. I'm almost looking to do it, but I'm not just gonna hand him away for free either. That's the thing with really. you look to move guys in dynasty leagues, but you also don't want to just give away people. So right. um but yeah, Hopkins for me. As much as I love him, it's just nothing lasts forever.
0: Hypothetically speaking, someone offers, someone offers you Terry McLaurin and Tyra McLaurin, Kyle Pitts, and a third round rookie pick for DeAndre Hopkins, Dalton Schultz, and a second-round pick. Do you do it?
1: Yeah, I would. I would.
0: I think I would. I, I would. I I I I say this very carefully. Kyle Pitts might be a go. He might. He might be a go. And this is after two years of me saying. It's almost like now or never, you know? It, it, feel, it definitely feels that way. And him going, if I look at his ADP right now, Pitts is 67th overall.
1: That has me interested.
0: That's very interesting. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He is the, let's see. See the tight end. He might be more than that. Holy shit. One, two, three, four, five, six. He's the tight end six off of boards right now. It's I love that. I yep. love that. That's a, that's for, that's for redraft. In my dynasty ranks, I have pits for all the startup players. I have pits at thirty fourth overall right now.
1: Yeah, no, he might be a go. I would do that trade. So
0: we, I have another receiver here, and I am going to take yours. Unfortunately, I gave you the opportunity, and you didn't take it. So I'm going to take it. Cooper Cup. It
1: was in know- consideration.
0: Yeah, and I know that a lot of people are going to be you know, scratching their heads at this one, but look at the state of the Los Angeles Rams. You have Matthew Stafford that's getting older and is dealing with neck injuries. You have Sean McVay, who we don't know if he's, you know, he kind of seems like he's one and a half feet in right now in terms of coaching. Cooper Cup is also, he's not getting any younger. I know it's different for receivers than it is for running backs. He's 29 years old. I just have this feeling with Cup and the Rams that in the long term, this is not an offense that I really want to be going and looking to invest in. I would be looking to sell every bit of it that I possibly can. And I'm not saying that Cooper Cup is going to be terrible by any means. He's not going to be. He's still going to be absolutely ridiculous he led all receivers last year in points per game he had 18 in change points per game and he had the second highest target share in the league at around 31 percent before he got hurt and his year was prematurely ended but, but you could I get the mother load he, and you you can get the mother load for cooper cup right now he is the classic especially if you are a team that you feel you could be dwindling out of a window to contend or you're a rebuilding team. I think that is a no brainer for you to trade Cooper cup. And if you're a contending team that has Cooper cup and you want to replenish some assets again, I think that is a no brainer to go ahead and do it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I definitely agree with that assessment.
0: So Jake, your last one, your last receiver before we go to the, uh, the tight end.
1: Gonna go with the villain of ours. It's Debo Samuel, man. I, I still think you can. <laughs> I still think you can move him on name value. Quarterback situation is uncertain at best. Got his money. Sometimes it doesn't really work out after guys get paid. Availability is never in favor of Debo Samuel. I would look to move him. I mean, another dud of a season. You are almost stuck with him. So, uh, I'm looking to move Debo Samuel this year. If I'm a, a Debo Samuel dynasty manager for sure.
0: My only question with Debo Samuel is what? Uh, yes, San Francisco is appealing, and he's not going to be Kyle. the
1: start, and, and also he's not going to be a running back either this year for San Francisco, Correct. just like his break breakthrough season.
0: Correct. Like what? What do we think projections wise? And I haven't, I haven't done my my Debo. I haven't done any projections really yet, and I, I have to do that. But what's the high end
1: for Debo? High Samuel? end is a top. It's a top. Fifteen receiver nowadays. Uh, it's not like a top seven guy that he was. You know, like
0: touches. We're talking maybe, I don't know,
1: one fifteen max. Max. I I think that's on the high end. Look, if he's touching it a hundred times, like he's gonna catch what seventy balls? Is he really getting?
0: So I'll just go off the projections for. Uh, that fantasy pros have down fantasy pros have him down at 67 catches.
1: Yeah. So he, and that's if he plays Uh, like, yeah, I think it's time to cut and run. I think it, I think it was last year, but I, I think this is kind of like a, a last now or never to move him. So Jake, let's play a little game here.
0: Weekly. Top twenty-four finishes for Debo Samuel in half-point PPR. How many times do you think he finished in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen games? I would say thirteen games. Yeah. How many times do you think he finished as a white as wide receiver twenty-four or higher? I'm gonna go four. Bang, four times. Wow. Okay. Week four, week six, week 11, and week 14. Outside of that, he finished as the 28, 25, 39, 26, 47, 54, 65, 35, 73. Yeah. No, I'm, that's brutal, I'm out, man. Brutal. That's brutal. And that's a guy that we were, that you know, people were drafting as a third round guy last year. Even higher in some places. Even higher in some places. Yep. Nope. Nope. Not not anybody in this podcast. I can tell you that right now. No, we were all out on that. Uh, all right, the tight end position. I will go with one here, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say. Oh, I could be really controversial. I'm not going. I'm not gonna be. I'm gonna go with Evan Ingram. A really, really safe sell option i think it is remotely possible that we just saw the best season of evan ingram's career in 2022 i I think that's
1: very possible
0: 73 catches 766 yards four touchdowns for him very very consistent last year in jacksonville the jacksonville offense as we've really targeted on the show is a big sell high territory Evan Ingram could be could be a guy that you look to get out on. The controversial one that I want to bring up is Travis Kelsey a selling high because the wheels the wheels nah. just feel like they have to fall off at some point.
1: No, man, I, I don't think so. As long as Mahomes, I mean Mahomes is the quarterback. I don't think Kelsey's gonna call it an early career either. Nah, you can't trade Travis. Travis Kelsey is the type of guy that you keep until the bitter end. You're never getting anybody better than Travis Kelsey. Fair. Fair enough. No. Fair enough. I got I one, just... though, that's of the similar cloth, and that's George Kittle. Yeah, he was one that I considered. You know, I could see Kittle, like, retiring in a year or two and going to WWE or doing something like that. I mean, he has a big career after playing. Yes, he does. I don't think he really needs to play as much as other guys, if that makes sense, because he's just such a big personality and he's really marketable. I don't really know if he thinks he needs this, and he probably doesn't. And it's not like he's the most available. It's not even like, bro, like, I would love to know how many times George Kittle last year was like a top like echelon tight. I feel like he just put up I feel like every year it's been kind of just like stooping down or it lower and lower for George Kittle, you know, And, and the quarterback situation isn't great either. And you have Brandon Ayuk that emerged, there's Christian McCaffrey. There's, of course, there's Debo Samuel. Is that offense really producing? And Kyle Shanahan does not care about your fantasy team either, especially if there's an injury to Trent Williams. We know George Kittle is always involved with the blocking scheme in San Francisco. You can sell him on name value, and that's something that I think I would explore,
0: really. For sure. For sure. And again, targeting San Francisco is a good place to sell high. Yeah, I mean, then you also got to look at George Kittle from a year ago and say, is it the best it's ever going to be? What's the quarterback situation going to look like there? And as Jake said as well, you don't really know what George Kittle is going to do in terms of is he going to play every single week? Is he going to play much longer period? And that's something that you I could definitely you could definitely speculate for sure. Um, before we go, Jake, is there anybody else? I'll, I'll give you one free shot here. Is there anybody else that we haven't said that you think is a sell high right
1: now could be any position under the sun. I think it's Keenan Allen. Uh, I do. I think that next year we can maybe see him elsewhere. A little bit of a changing of the guard in, in uh, LA Quentin Johnson with a year, of whatever Josh Palmer. We like a lot. We think he's a little sneaky and then Mike Williams will be there for, I don't know, maybe eight to 10 games with, with Mike Williams. Uh, we we know that he he's another one that's always, always on the injury report as well, but he signed there long-term. I don't think they would have picked Quentin Johnston this year if they thought that Keenan Allen was in the long-term plans of the Chargers. So I think that this is the year to really move Keenan Allen, if you can. If you can't, just hold on. It is what it is, but I, that's a guy I would actively be looking to move.
0: I think it's a great one. I th- I think it is It is a great one. I think this year he'll be fine, but I think we are seeing it that the writing the, the, is definitely on the wall for Keenan Allen.
1: He, he's definitely declining. He, he is, yeah.
0: Yeah, and he and he also, for what it's worth, he's a guy that I don't really have much interest in in redraft. Which is, I'm I'm actually pretty
1: interested in him in redraft. I think I I am.
0: I I think he'll be the best Chargers. I think, but yes, in full, in full,
1: full, yes. Not, I think he'll be the best Chargers receiver for sure. Yeah, in half, he he's definitely not as interesting. I agree. Yes, agreed. So that's going to be it for this edition of the Basement Talk Podcast Finish Show. If you like what
0: you heard, leave a five-star review. Tell us how much you love the program. Jake and I will be back with another episode next week. Uh, Adam and I will be back next week as well with, of course, our our mock draft series. Completely forgot what it was called. Yeah, that that that's happening and it's, and it's super, super fun. And then, of course, uh, we'll be back with a Basement Talk Podcast as well. You'll be hearing one over the weekend. And then you'll be also hearing one next week as well with either Jake or with Adam, definitely with me. So for Jake, I'm Bird. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.